Welcome to RevSpot. I'm your host, Tanner Green, and each week we're going to be diving into the life and mind of HubSpot's premier players, the Solutions Partners. This podcast is specifically about hearing their experiences, opinions, and ideas about how RevOps and AI are shaping the future. If you're a Solutions Partner or working with one, you're in the right place. So tune in and learn about how they innovate and approach frameworks, processes, and automations in the HubSpot CRM in order to create the true RevOps flywheel. We are super excited for Chris Bryant on the show. Chris, why don't you go ahead and give us an introduction and start us off by telling us about yourself. Certainly. So thanks again for inviting me to be here. Excited to, to kind of take part in this. Um, as Tanner had said, my name is Chris Bryant. I am the principal, I guess, of Bryant Works, a HubSpot or a Diamond HubSpot uh, partner. So I've been working with a lot of clients on the platform for almost 10 years. I think to date, it's just shy of 600 different organizations um, on the platform so far. So it, it's a lot of like, you know, odds and ends, but then I've got a ton of seasoned, I guess is the right way to say it, clients. Wow. Awesome. That is amazing. 600 people. That is for almost two years straight of just one person a day. I mean, that's yeah. kind of, I don't know why I went there, but that's what I was thinking of. And that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your kind of upbringing in the HubSpot sure. world and where you came from, why you're here. I majored in television production and advertising college, which I use very little of today. Um, but I worked for a marketing agency doing videography production. And um, for a while there, you know, we were kind of, you know, we would just do like, it was like a marketing, it was an agency. So like we would do videos for clients and all that other jazz. And then uh, the founder of the organization decided to sign up to become a HubSpot partner. So one of the cooler things that we did is we actually went to HubSpot um, to do our onboarding in person with them as a as partner onboarding. Um, so they had said that I think we were one of the first or the few to actually do that. So that was pretty cool. And that's how I got, I got tuned into the world of HubSpot. Um, I maybe like a year or so after that, you know, once we got onboarded with the platform, I shifted, uh, went into a different organization, did some front end development work because that was interesting to me at the time. But at the same time, or kind of on the back end, I was always like consulting, freelancing after hours um, on HubSpot because I really learned it. Like I was the tools guy at that organization. Um, so I just kind of kept up with that. And then I, when I, when I started to try to get more into HubSpot, I didn't niche down early enough. And I was just trying to do like web development because I was doing all this freelance or like I was doing all this front end development. I was like web developer, blah, 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 this and that. And then I started realizing like, oh, I actually learned this software pretty well when I was there. Like maybe I just try to become a HubSpot expert um, because like there was not to say it's bad, but there was no way I could realistically compete with other like WordPress developers who were doing the same work as me, but at $10 an hour or $7 an hour or something like that, because they were in a different country and the US dollar was weighted more. Um, so I realized probably about a year or two late that I should have just niched down much, much sooner and just, you know, go all in with HubSpot. So 
from that, from like there, I just like tuned into the certifications, started helping clients with like real world applications of like, you know, I was helping anybody from baby sleep coaches to legal tech consultants to, you know, people who were just on the platform with, with doing X, Y, and Z. Most of it was marketing automation at the time because like, what, like eight years ago, HubSpot really just had the marketing side of things. Um, they didn't really, and I mean, there was the CRM aspect of it, I guess, but there wasn't any sales. There was no service. There was none of the fancy stuff that we have right now. It was just marketing. Um, and that's kind of how I kind of, I guess, cut my teeth there is just helping random people. I was on, you know, the freelancing websites, um, just picking up random gigs. You know, you, you meet somebody very quickly, you get tuned in and you're just kind of off to the races, um, from there. And that's, that's really how I, how I started. Um, you know, I had to help me like get better at what I was doing. Like HubSpot has the great Academy, which can teach people a lot of stuff, but it's really difficult in terms of like real world applications. So I first got tuned into like the HubSpot community and I forced myself every day, go and make five posts every day or like respond to somebody every day. Like I literally had a task on my calendar every morning, find five things and suggest a topic um, or suggest a, you know, a possible solution. And I would like, take screenshots, go build it in a developer account or something like that to try to like make sure that, you know, the solution I'm providing actually worked. And that's what really helped me to like learn funky workarounds and little things like that, that has like just jump started where I'm at right now in the community with like, and the partner program, I guess, to like a lot of people, you know, say, go talk to Chris or like message me. And I get random LinkedIn DMs on like just weird questions, which is cool. I like that stuff because it, like, it really makes me think like, oh, they have this scenario like that other client two and a half years ago, but they want to do this other thing. Um, or like, oh, that wasn't possible until like nine months ago because there was an update that made that thing possible. So keeping above of stuff like that has been really, really beneficial. But like it, I, I, I'm in the strong believer of, I don't think anyone should work for free, but, um, what I did though, is like trying to provide, I was getting like cost benefit. I was like learning, providing solutions at the same time. So it was really helping. Like I was spending my time. They were, you know, the end recipient was getting the benefit of a potential solution or workaround or something like that. And that's just what I had because it wasn't like, well, I'm not getting paid for this time anyways, because I'm trying to find clients, I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z's. But this is like learning me to have the skill set to do other things. So that was one thing that I did now. And it's really hard to do that now. Because Karsten, if you're ever familiar with that name on the HubSpot community, he kills it like he answers everything as soon as it's posted. Um, there's no time to answer anything now he's he's out there doing it. Yeah, that, that's really cool. So, so kind of let me let me recap to see if I understand this, what you were doing was Going into the HubSpot community, looking at questions that people would post, and then you would go find a solution, and then you would post it on LinkedIn or somewhere, or on the community itself, or both. Yeah. And then um, people would be like, "Oh, that's really interesting. Let me contact him and see if I can." See yeah. So, like, like the HubSpot community, if you've never been a part of it, is actually like a, a community forum. So you'd get a lot of like funny questions, or like, "Oh, they just don't know that that setting is over here." Um, and just kind of point people to the right direction. And that was one of those things that like really helped me learn the platform, you know, backwards or like, like the back of my hand rather, um, yeah. to help those, those individuals. And, and I got, you know, quite a few gigs, um, that way. Sometimes it was as little as like, Hey, I need to build this report. They invite me 
their account. I'd build it in 30 minutes and then I was out of the account. Um, but I, you know, count that up to my, one of my 600, you know, of like, this is a different organization that I've helped now. So yeah. How long did that take you by the way? I'd probably spend like an hour on it. What have you learned in that whole process of answering all of those questions and yeah. you know, what, what kind of things is, is special? So, so great, great segment segue. Um, so like I am not quite the anti-agency agency. Cause like I'm kind of am, but I'm kind of not, but like I'm a team of one. Um, for the most part, You're I the have dark night of HubSpot. We get, it. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like I, in my, my work ethic is not, um, it's not glamorous. It's not, I don't want people to like, I hate the whole like hustle mindset. Um, but I, you know, I work on average, like a 12 to 14 hour day. Um, and I have reasons to do so. Like there are, there are real life goals that I have that I want for myself that is causing me to do this or like knowing that I could do this. Um, but I'm a team of one diamond HubSpot partner inside of six months or just over six months. And then, um, what, I do with most of my clients is like, they know that it's not like shooting Chris an email and then Chris hands it off to a team or like some other people or it's outsourced somewhere else and they execute on it. And like, you know, cause a, a lot of times whenever you work with those, there's nothing bad about doing those sorts of things. I think we just had to be transparent. Like, Hey client, you're working with a team of five people on your account. Like the whole team is here to support you and we're all on the same team and we're here to help, you know, make your business grow with the platform. I think that that's, you know, that's the model of some organizations. I know that my model will hit a monetary cap and there's no exceeding it because there's no more day. There's no more hours in the day um, is what it ends up being. But, you know, I've got enterprise level clients that I've worked with, like. Sequoia Capital has tapped me to help in their HubSpot account. I work with Anthropic. Um, you know, I've got other clients like Deserto, um, HelloFresh, um, Reddit. You know, I've worked with a lot of large organizations to help consult on the platform and help them build stuff on the platform. So it's not to say that a small agency can't go get a Fortune 500 or a Fortune 100 organization because a lot of times those bigger organizations, yes, almost all the time they feel more secure with the larger organization, but they want somebody to plug in almost immediately who has the experience on the platform. And that's where like I plug in with the, almost all of my clients It's like, they want somebody that they don't have to train that they just know the platform that they can explain their use case to. And, um, I execute it. So very long winded answer. So I think that's, that's why like my model works for me. Um, I don't think that this model scales. You have two options to scale and that's hire people or raise rates or do both. What sort of questions are they asking? And then how do you explain the primary advantages of the HubSpot and the CRM and what it does to their business and how it can help their ROI yeah. in 30 days? Like what are the mm -hmm. main things that you see benefiting them? So a lot of organizations, when they kind of first talk to me is, you know, because when we they they know who I am, a lot of them know the clients I've worked with and stuff like that in the past. Almost all of them ask, "Well, what are your other clients doing um, that we're not doing?" So, like, what are the other reporting dashboards look like? And you know, what are the processors are they doing? And I kind of have to remind like a lot of people, like, "Look, you're a five to ten person organization. You're not a two thousand to five thousand employee organization." Like 
you move, you move way quicker, they move way slower. And that's just the, the rules of the road just due to the size of the org. Um, so reminding people a lot about that, like, look, you guys can afford to be scrappy. I would say like 50% of my clients are startups. Um, we're like, and, and HubSpot has like really grasped the startup market. I feel like, um, HubSpot for startups program, but then a lot of people like grow and scale on it incredibly well. Like they need a CRM they can spin up yesterday. Um, they need some CSVs loaded and, um, they want a high level deal process put into place and you can get that in like a week. Honestly, um, if you're, if you get somebody who knows what they're doing on the platform, they can build all that for you inside of like a week. Um, but I, what, what I think to kind of, to kind of go back and answer your question, um, they're asking, what are the other organizations doing? What, whenever I work with them, they don't know what they don't know. And they're looking for me to help guide them on those things to say like, this is my process that we do today. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of, okay, let's replicate that. Not necessarily challenging them on the process to say like, I see what you're doing. And even though you are a baby sleep coach, there's this food delivery service that does something very similar to this, except they do coaching sessions for moms and you're doing a call session with a dietitian, right? Like those are two ignoring the category those processes are very very similar here's what worked over here i think you should really think about doing that in your process because i saw success with it elsewhere and a lot of people are like cool yeah let's do that because if you've seen success with it over there i know it's going to work for me because it, it's a nutritionist versus a baby sleep coach right and i just say that because those are two wildly different categories um yeah. but it's if you can distill what they're asking into like a higher level thinking, you're going to help out a lot of these clients with the known unknowns and with questions that they, they didn't even know they should be asking. Um, I see often too, like whenever somebody asks me to implement a process, um, I make sure that, you know, that process aligns with what KPIs that they're trying to report against because far too often, unfortunately is like we build something out and it's not necessarily accounted for in like a reporting structure to say like, Oh, well we built this thing, but I now need to report on the number of things that did this other thing. I'm like, well, cool. Did you track that somewhere? I'm like, well, no, it, it happens. Like, well, Chris sends him an email. That's how it happens. I'm like, okay, well that, that doesn't quite work from a KPI perspective. Like we have to have a way to trigger that or track that we can figure something out. But you know, I want to make sure that I push back on some of their processes to help them build a better solution on the platform. HubSpot's, I don't think they actively talk about this in their marketing anymore, but I think it was brilliant when they did is like the breaking down of data silos. Like now I see LinkedIn posts and things like that talking like the average startup has like 50 some odd different things in their tech stack. Um, and like, that's a ton, right? But I get it. Like, you know, I'm sure those things are including things like Google and Slack and Chrome, right? And their tech stack. But whenever you are like kind of all in on HubSpot, it can work as onboarding, your sales, a quoting thing. Um, it can work as your website. I love the HubSpot CMS. Um, your website, service desk, um, and membership portals, like knowledge base, all that stuff. You can, you can potentially, you know, trim out a lot of extra weight of like third-party systems by just using HubSpot. Now, does HubSpot go super deep into something like, um, what is it, Mutiny is like a really great 
A-B split testing tool, like one of the best I've ever seen, right? Like, no, HubSpot doesn't necessarily go that deep into doing automated tests like that on a website. Um, but it does have a great CMS. It does have the ability to split test. Um, and it has great reporting and analytics around it. Like, if you need to go all in on a tool like that, go all in on a tool like that. Um, just know that, like, you are and I'm sure teams are aware of this, adding technical debt to mean like, oh, we've got this other platform and now we've got to do this and now we've got to do that. And it all comes back to the system. Um, but just having HubSpot as like a singular source of truth for so many organizations is incredible because like they don't have to go and get a Zendesk and they don't have to go get a outreach. Um, you know, granted, I know a lot, I, I might catch some flack on that out on that outreach comment because like I, I under, I agree. The sequencing tool in HubSpot is not the best sequencing tool. It's better than nothing though. And it comes with your sales package. There are better tools. I think the best sequencing tool is Ample Market. Um, it'll, it knocks the socks off outreach and sales loft and other tools like that. Um, wow, I've never heard of that before. They, I don't know why no one's ever heard of them. They're like some sleeper org who is literally just killing it in terms of a sequencing tool. Well, they're way more than sequencing. Like they have email warmup baked in. They've got lead searching uh, baked in. They've got this lovely little thing with LinkedIn that does crazy stuff um, like extracting people who engage with a post. It's, it's amazing what that tool can do. Um, but like you heard it you, first from Chris, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> so like you get a tool like that, that on top of that integrates with HubSpot, like it sends over its interactions with the platform. And slowly you can start with HubSpot. And then I think you will start going deeper with other tools, meaning like HubSpot customer retention or HubSpot for as a customer retention tool is not the best platform out there. I think it's incredible at onboarding a SaaS client, for example, but to retain that client and track sentiment metrics and stuff like that, probably not the best thing. You could probably swing it with some enterprise level stuff and custom objects, but there's better tools, you know, like um, Churn Zero, uh, Tango. I think to tango, yeah, like dedicated tools for doing things like that. But that's whenever like your org gets to be that size and you have somebody dedicated on your team from doing that versus the one person managing many hats. Um, but that's not to say HubSpot can't support like a 300 person sales team on it because it can. I've seen it. I've implemented it and I've seen it done in other instances. Like it, it can be very, very big enterprise software. Um, but that's just to say like, if HubSpot offers it, I think everyone should give it a try. Like if you're after a service desk, give HubSpot a try. If you're already on their marketing platform, people vastly underestimate the amount of value that salespeople, marketers, and just operations people get by seeing the emails that sales sent and the support tickets that they've sent in and the meetings that have been held. Like people don't underestimate or people don't, I don't think that they don't understand it. They don't know to think about things like that. That like they send an onboarding email um, through a third party system or they just reach out without going into HubSpot and seeing the record there and seeing sales notes and seeing what happened in the discovery call and looking at the past playbooks um, because like they might be on disparate systems. Um, but if they're on the one system, people can see all that behavior right then and there and see, oh, they looked at this page and they were on that page and they looked at our um, APIs or our integrations page, but they don't have any integrations active inside their application. Um, like those are questions that can help um, organizations or like give you more context to lean in and get more business from a lot of these orgs because it's all in one central platform. Again, goes back to that time saving, that ROI on the platform sooner than later. Uh, and I think a, a big thing too is just as, as when you mentioned that you work with 
a lot of startups, the biggest thing that I comes to my mind, cause I'm in a startup is mm -hmm. yeah. When you do wear a lot of hats, it is nice and you don't have time nor really care about diving deep into stuff anyways. And it's like, I don't really need to do all of these things. It's nice. Like it's a nice to mm -hmm. have, but it's not a must have. And yeah. when you're a startup, you got to do must haves all the time. Mm -hmm. You can't afford to do nice to have. So yeah, that's a really good, that's a really great insight. And I, I think a lot of people for the listeners out there should, should really take that to heart. You know, what are the technological advancements that you're preparing for and the things that you see in the future with AI and everything? Sure. Tell me a little bit about that. So I think... I don't know if HubSpot was one of the first, but I know they were one of the more aggressive with integrating AI directly in the tool. Um, so from like the contents or like I, content assistant is what it's called. So like the email subject lines, the body copy, the blog post, the stuff like that, I think came about inside of HubSpot very quickly. Uh, they also have like the sales email copywriter. If you use the sales extension to say like, give it a, give it a prompt and it'll, you know, output a sales email. I personally think that it outputs like a three paragraph long email, which nobody's reading. Um, but it gives you what, like, you don't read those I, when you get those in your email yeah. inbox. <laughs> Right. But I, I think like a lot of people, they, they see that and they just hit send. And I, uh, most people need to look at it as like, Hey, let the AI give you an initial prompt. Um, and you kind of, you know, fine tune it, cut like 66% of it, you know, cut two thirds of the email, but help it like you help, help it let you start. Right. So like give it some, you know, it, it starts you and you kind of take it and fine tune it from there. Um, I think HubSpot le led into, leaned into that um, a lot earlier than other organizations. Um, I think they will continue to lean into that. I know now they're getting ready. They just launched the, the AI report builder where you can ask HubSpot for a report and it outputs a report. Um, if you're on Ops Enterprise, you have access to data sets where you can ask it to create formula fields and it'll create a formula for you. Um, they've recently released, I think this is in a private beta, maybe not even private, um, but they've rolled out um, AI forecasting to like look at and analyze, you know, your forecast based on your deals being closed inside of HubSpot. Um, so those are like more tools that I think it's just going to continue to lean into. Um, I've heard notions of, and I think they even announced this at the partner side of thing, or not the partner um, inbound, the... Um, asking HubSpot to build automations, like build me a workflow that sends one email every seven days for the next three weeks or something. And it just puts it in there again, massive time savings. Like I think that's where like HubSpot's going to lean into a lot of the AI stuff as well. It's just like helping people build quicker on the platform. Like I think they also launched their AI website builder um, for new starter accounts, um, maybe two or three months ago. Um, I know it was before the end of the year that they launched that. So I think they'll continue to do that um, for sure. And I agree with a lot of like, I think the general sentiment around AI is like, a lot of people are very fear, fearful of it for coming for people's jobs, which I agree with. Like, I think I, I, I don't agree that it's going to come for everyone's jobs. I agree with the fear of it um, because it is scary to see it, to be able to do something that you used to spend, you know, an hour on or 30 day, 30 minutes on, or, you know, half a day to figure something out. And it does it in 20 minutes, right. Of just giving it the correct prompts. Like that's, that can be scary and intimidating. What I think that a lot of people lean into is like, you know, it's going to help you do more important things a lot quicker now. So like instead of, you know, working on something for a half day, now you can work on three of those things in a fraction of the time because the AI helps supplement with a lot of questions or helping you find documentation or like, you know, I use it to take a list of 50 things and input a semicolon at the end of them in some cases. Or like, hey, take this list and properly title case it, right? Like I could spend, you know, 
30 minutes or whatnot to come up with an Excel formula that does that formula. Where I could just spit it into chat GPT and it outputs the value. Um, so I do little things like that all the time because it's a massive time save. Um, in terms of like where I think HubSpot will continue to go, you know, they're leaning more and it's taken them admittedly a little bit longer than I think most would like SMS. So text messaging and that sort of thing, they're leaning more into that. They're leaning more into um, going deeper on some of their current feature sets. So like the addition to um, adjusting the the reminder emails inside of meetings booked on the tool, um, the addition of um, like associated data in the workflows tool. Workflows can now accept webhooks and all this other stuff. Like they're leaning more into um, those sorts of things, but also more technical things. I think most people in the workplace now, especially on the ops side of things, like you've got to get comfortable with reading and writing JavaScript or Python, um, for example, because it's leaning more into that. And I think that, you know, the AIs will help people understand those things. Like, what is it that this JavaScript is actually doing? Or like, how can I alter this to do this other thing and reading more into that? Like the, the data sets and the ops enterprise sides of things, like the formula fields are writing conditional statements. Um, and I think people leaning into those, everyone should know how to write, do a SQL query, for example. I think that's something that everyone needs to learn if you're like, you're working inside a software like this. But also learning the bit of the basic JavaScript, like I learned on Code Academy, I'm sure those guys are still around, um, on how to do, you know, JavaScript, for example, and to learn the basics. Um, because at that same time, HubSpot, I think, will continue to go upstream. They did a year ago, or maybe they, you know, they significantly went that way a couple of years ago and just acquiring more enterprise level clients or focusing more on that. Like they launched the CRM development side of things, which lets people customize the UI. That used to be something that was hard locked inside the platform. And now they're letting people customize the UI. Um, or build their own custom cards or build things that live inside a HubSpot. Again, keeping people just in the tool user adoption, right? Um, so anything that if you have on your side to create, you know, more accessible APIs, um, using the CRM development gets your team just continuing to be inside the platform. Um, so I think that HubSpot will continue to go that direction. Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't. They've seen a ton of success there um, in, in kind of garnering a lot more support there. I think those are so many, like HubSpot's going crazy with all of their new implementations that they're putting in and integrations and, and go, like you said, going deeper. And it's, it's really mm -hmm. cool to see. I, yeah. I, I really, I really think they're, uh, they're on the hockey stick growth as we like to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, last question, Chris, I know we're running out of time, but what, what last advice would you give for, somebody who's looking to implement HubSpot or maybe get a little bit more out of their CRM? Yeah, so for anyone looking to actually implement on the platform, um, HubSpot has leaned into solutions partners for a very good reason. And that's because they've implemented the tool a ton and um, they kind of know its quirks. They know how it to best work on it. So don't be afraid of reaching out and talking to an agency or a partner on the platform. Um, I'm always available. DM me on LinkedIn, shoot me an email, book a meeting on my website, whatever. I'm happy to talk through business use cases and like, is this tool right for me? Um, and I think most other partners would, are willing to do the same thing um, to help a tool like the HubSpot community, not just like the forum itself, but like everyone involved in HubSpot is super supportive and I, in all always kind. That's another thing that's really stood out for me for it yeah. stood out as like the community is like no one trash talks anybody else. Everyone's just really nice. 
um about the tool i guess it's like the orange kool-aid or whatever but you know it's <laughs> a good way to put that's it one, yeah so like i i 100 talk to somebody about it you know i think everyone is willing to give out free advice with, without any foul intent um in terms of people looking to do more on their crm um click around more like I see it so many times that people are afraid to click buttons inside the tool, like get in there and just click around and see what HubSpot offers. HubSpot is very good at prompting you when you need to buy a better platform or not buy a better platform, but like upgrade your plan on their tool. Um, so eventually you'll click around and see like, oh, what's this automation tool or what's the sequences thing? What does that do? And you'll click it and so like, well, you got to buy more or buy this other plan. Um, is just like click around and like look at the settings and things like that inside the tool because you will learn very quickly like oh this is the data structure that hubspot offers i could use it to do x um you know like i think if you're not an enterprise using hubspot tickets as an onboarding platform for sales is incredible value add you don't have to go get a churn zero immediately or it's a tango immediately or some other onboarding platform like arrows is an integration that works explicitly with hubspot it's super good at what it does like i think they killed like 40 percent of their product just to implement or sorry integrate more with hubspot um so people are leaning more into that ecosystem but that's the thing that i would recommend in terms of like seeing what else my crm can do for me is i'm happy to do audits for people um is like is your are you customizing the CRM to have more like to have the most important data points on the different records? Like that's a quick check. Free to enterprise has that capability. Um, so like just putting more important data up front is really important. Are you clicking around and seeing like are we using all the various objects inside the tool? Are we selling on the platform? Use the sales extension. HubSpot's free free software for a reason too. Like the sales extension is incredibly powerful if you're on Gmail and Outlook. Well. Outlook online. I think the Outlook desktop thing has now been deprecated because of Microsoft. But there's there's lots of things like that that I I kind of get into an account and notice like, oh, these are like pretty game changing things that your organization's not using. Is there a reason for it? Or was it the classic case of I don't know what I don't know? Yeah. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Really yeah, appreciate you. having on the show. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you again. Yes. So just last thing, I know we talked about contacting you, getting on DMs, emailing you. What's your website? To let us know your website so we can contact you. Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Chris Bryant. I think it's like linkedin.com slash IN slash Bryantworks. You can also go to bryantworks.com where you can book a meeting with me if you want to. Um, talk to me via live chat. Um, you can also email me directly, chris at bryantworks.com. Um, everything's very well branded. Uh, so you know, feel free to message me on any of those channels. I am an inbox zero person person for the most part. So if you shoot me an email, you'll likely get a response back in the same day. Awesome. Love it. Thanks, Chris. All right. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show. It means the world to me and these solutions partners I'm working with. If you want to learn more about them, all the details is in the podcast description. Go check it out. See you guys next time.